With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm in this world and they made me a monster. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Uncle Wheelie. You don't like Kiwi Weens? I called you. I called you Uncle Wheelie, and somebody said that we should keep that as your nickname. In one of the chats. When did you call me that? I don't know. You don't read the chats, so anyway. I do, but there's like 500. Sometimes if you go away for an hour, there's 500 comments, especially during a game. Yeah. All right. So what's going on? Not to go too crazy about the patrons. The the the, the patron chats are are pretty strong. That's that's a that's a pretty good feature of of that community. Yeah. We got to stop talking about the patrons on the regular feed, though. I think we got criticism. Why? For, for privacy reasons? No, we Who got criticism. No, because it, it makes it makes non-patrons feel bad. Listen, no nobody should feel guilty right, so about not patrons. wasting five dollars a month listening to me talk. Yeah, right? they should pay a hundred dollars a month <laughs> to listen to me. There should what if there was like a, a like a park hopper, but you could listen to like Renap 32 fans and NGOG. Get the full wheels again. package. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk about um we have first of all, your team is historically terrible, and the NFC East is historically terrible. So should we start with the Jets or should we start with the NFC East? We can talk, let's talk about the Jets for a second. I didn't think the Jets would be historically terrible. I wasn't like incredibly optimistic. Uh, we were we were optimistic on Darnold making a leap, but the rest of the team, like we were pretty aware, had no talent. Yeah. But I realized very early on that this team, I mean, I said I would have bet like my entire life savings. Uh, it, it would end up being a holiday and I didn't bet $1 on the, on the 49ers covering that. In, in hindsight, completely insane, um, especially since Bose and Jimmy G were healthy, you know, when, at kickoff whatever that was, a five-and-a-half, six-and-a-half-point spread against the Jets, uh, you know, the lock of the century. I don't think the Jets are going to cover all year. Well, here, here's here's the thing that annoys me about, like, the Jets. Like, this retroactive, the this retroactive analysis where everybody's like, oh, yeah, they're terrible, and everybody knew they were going to be terrible. Like, that's not true. Like, you had them ranked 32 because you were being no, like a troll Jets know. fan. They're over-under with seven. And like, I wasn't being a troll. I just thought they had the lowest ceiling, but I but still thought the, they'd win six games. They're over-under with seven, and – like 50% of people were taking me over. Like, that's how it works. And, you know, like nobody thought that they were this bad. And so like we were having this dumb argument in the chat where people are like, oh, no, it's not. Their performance each week doesn't affect their performance the next week, which is obviously false. Like the only reason we think they're so bad now is because of how bad they've been the last few weeks. Like nobody thought that before. Um, but I did go ahead and put together a ranking of the 35 worst teams in NFL history. Oh, great. All let's right. talk about that. So uh, first of all, let's point out there's only five teams since World War II that have uh, had a winless season, that have not had a single win the whole year. Two of those teams... But I think, I think you'll agree. And I... Yeah. Team that wins one game or even four games could be historically bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, so, so yeah. And so the, the 2017 Browns went 0-16. 
They're not even on my list mm-hmm. of the worst 35 teams ever. This was not a historically awful team. Uh, they, they, the Steelers went 13-3 and three that year. The Browns lost to them by three points and four points. They could have won either of those. They lost to Indy by three. They lost to the Jets by three. Mm-hmm. They lost in overtime twice to the t- Titans, who uh, you know made the second round of the playoffs that year. Wouldn't have even made it if not for that overtime win. They also lost the Packers in overtime. So the 0-16 Browns in, uh, three years ago were actually you know, sort of a run-in-the-mill 6-10 team who just had really, really bad luck and, and lost all, their, you know, all these close games. So they're not on the list. Uh, the 82 Baltimore Colts, who went 0-8-1 in the strike-shortened season, they're also not on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, part of it is it was a short season. You know, they just had some very bad luck also. Although the, the 81 Colts the year before are on the list. So, yeah, one thing you mentioned, there are teams that win two, three, four games that are historically awful. In doing this ranking, in doing this ranking, I, I, if a team won three games, I boosted them lower, like not as bad, even though they might have been worse, just because, you know, ultimately they did win. And the goal is to win games, even if, you know, they were sort of statistically worse than they were. So let's start number 35 with, with the 1976 New York Jets. Do you remember anything about the 76 Jets? What, what was specifically bad about the Jets? In 1976? Yeah, well, I don't think for all 35 teams, we have to go into like the whole narrative of their season, but they were they were just a very, very bad team. They went three and 11. Of course not. But yeah, but they, they were very bad. So uh, we're, let's zip through these until we get to the top 10. So the 72 Eagles are 34. Okay. They went two 11 and one. The 1961 mm-hmm. Raiders, the second season of the AFC's existence, um, they went two and 12. Uh, they're number 33. Number 32 is the is the 2000 Cardinals. Uh, there's two. Wait, can teams. I say one funny thing about the 76 Jets? Yeah. Obviously, the 76 Bucks are the expansion team that that yeah. time on your list. I'm yeah, not sure. We'll, yeah, we'll have the them Jets, on the, list. the Jets beat the these Jets beat those Bucks 34 nothing, and the Jets won field goal. Uh, Keith, your internet is not working. Shoot. Also, you got all kinds of background noise there. It sounds like a war going on in the Wienerker household. All right, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Do you think this is better? Okay. Let's go. Is it better? Well, no. Now there's a kid screaming his head off. No, he's gonna leave. He's gonna leave. He's going to the other side of us. Mary, they, nobody could be near the door though. I'm working at it. She seems stressed. Probably could have helpful husband. Right, this is good, right? Now we're clear. Yeah. Okay. Let me just lock my door and we'll start. All right. All right. So you were telling me about the '76 Jets, who uh, were historically awful, but beat the even worse expansion Bucks 34 nothing that year. Yeah, they beat the Bills twice in the post OJ era. I mean, they were real bad. Like they lost at home to Cincinnati, who I, you know was forty two to three. They lost forty six to three, twenty to nothing. They were real bad. But yeah, so I can't even imagine how bad the Bucks were. Yeah, the Bucks are going to be much uh, Joe Namath. By the way, Joe Namath was their quarter was the Jets' quarterback. Joe Namath and Richard Todd. Uh, and they combined for seven touchdowns and 28 interceptions. Not, not ideal. great. Yeah. Our number 32, I have the 72 Eagles who went 2 11 and 1. 33, I have the 61 Raiders who went 2 and 12. 32 and 30, I have two teams from 2000. At 32, I have the 2000 Cardinals who went 3 and 13. At 2000, I have the uh, 3 and 13 Cleveland Browns that year. They're sandwiched around the 87 Falcons. The 87 Falcons went 3 and 12, but they went 1 and 1 with the replacement players, and then the actual team went 2 and 11. Uh, at 29, I have another team from 1976. So just a lot of historically garbage teams in 1976. That was the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 28, I have the, the Falcons. Um, the Falcons' first two years, 66 and 67, both on this list. A rough start for the Falcons franchise. Uh, the 71 Bills come next, 1 and 13. The 72 Oilers come next, 1 and 13. 
1946 Detroit Lions are at 25 on my list. Uh, after World War II, they go 1-10. The 1958 Packers, next on my list, they go 1-10-1. and one. Uh, At 23, I have the Lions again, so I had them in 46. And then I have them in 1948, they go 2-10. and 10. At 22, I have the 2008 Rams. Uh, the 2008 Rams, the year that the uh, Lions go 0-16, uh, the Rams were also historically bad. They went 2-14. The 86 bucks are next. They went two and 14 in 80 in, uh, in 86, the 2009 lions. So statistically the 2009 lions were worse than the 2008 lions that went on 16, but uh, you know, they won two games. And so, you know, there, uh, I have them mm-hmm. lower on this list. Cause they actually won. Yeah. Games. 70 Patriots come next um, at two and 12, the 1949 Packers come next at two and 10, the 1972 Patriots. Uh, they switch from Boston to new England, but they're still terrible. They go three and 11 in 1972. Uh, at number 16, I have the 1961 Washington um, uh, expletive deleted. They went 112 and 1. Uh, in 19- what do you call the old Washington teams? That's tricky, right? Like, that's not, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, like if I guess you yeah, could just no, call them Washington right. football team. It's not inaccurate. Yeah, I'm not I mean, saying that you have to say the R word, but like. Well, I mean, they were called the Red. Look, in 1961, uh, I think Redskin was probably never an appropriate term. It's just that, you know, nobody cared what uh, Native Americans mm-hmm. thought until like two months ago. So, um, all right, 1965, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, I, we've talked about this before on the podcast. Like, the Steelers have a reputation as being like, you know, one of the greatest franchises in NFL history because of how good they've been in the Super Bowl era. They yeah. were by far, by far the worst franchise in the first 45 years of the NFL's history. Yeah. Like, in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, the Steelers were like a historical joke. And, um, you know, they're almost the opposite of the Cleveland Browns in a way, uh, in that sense. Anyway, um, all right, who's next? Uh, okay, 1981, the Baltimore Colts go 2-14. and 14. As I mentioned, the next year they wouldn't even win a game. Uh, mm-hmm. In 67, the Falcons, we already talked about 1-12-1. 1990, the, the 90 Patriots are a pretty famous team. They go 1-15. They're very, very bad. Do you have any takes yeah, that, on the that 1990 Patriots? Um, I mean, that was, was that the last year of Rod Rust being their coach? I mean, they were so bad. Yeah. Uh, and if your coach's name is Rod Rust, you know, that, that, yeah, that there's tells certain you names that just, know. yeah, aren't going to succeed. All right. Uh, we're about to get to the top 10. Number 11, I have the 1966 Giants. They go 112 and 1. All right. So the 10th worst team of all time is the 1954 Redskins. I had a tough time ranking this team because by statistics, they're one of the three or four worst teams in history, but they actually won three games. They went three and nine. So mm-hmm. where do you rank a team that goes three and nine? Which year? Which year of Washington? 1954. Um, yeah, f- three and nine ultimately, like, I don't know, but it, it is, it is tricky. I mean, was there like one team that was so bad that they just pounded them? I don't know. Uh, they, they, they beat the Steelers by three. They beat the Ra- the Colts by three. And then they actually blew out the Cardinals in the last game of the year, 37 to 20. But here's their other scores. All right. 41 to seven yeah. loss, 37 to seven loss, 51, 21 loss, 49, 21 loss, 24 to seven loss. So they mm-hmm. haven't been within 17 points yet. 62 to three. That's not a good score. <laughs> um, 38 to 16, uh, 34 to 14. And then they lost 62, one game. 62 to three is, the, is I think, tied for the second worst loss ever, if I'm not mistaken. You know, they have the 73 nothing loss. But the I think didn't the Pats beat the Titans 59 nothing? Yes. And that's no game. In the but I think yeah. other, those are the only two w- w- wins of more than 56 points, I believe. Yeah. And by the way, Lou Groza, I'm looking at the box score from the 62 to three game. He hits an 11 yard field goal. <laughs> Which remember yeah, the, because the, the goalposts are in the front, yeah. So it's equivalent. But to I 20. love that they were down like sixty to nothing. They're like, let's go for three. Just no, no, the no. This is no. This is the first score of the game. It was zero zero. Oh, so the Browns, uh, the, the the Browns don't know that yeah. they're gonna you know score sixty two. So on the three yard line, they're like, oh, better kick a field goal. The fifty four uh, Washington team we're talking about, Al Daro would be the nineteen sixty 
uh, New York uh, Titans, Titans, who were, you know, would become the Jets yeah. in a couple of years, uh, uh, starting quarterback. Just to tell you, and he was bad then, six years later. Like, it, just to tell you uh, the quality of the AFL players at the beginning. Anyway, yeah. who else is in the Our bottom? number nine is the expansion Cowboys. In 1960, the Cowboys' first year in the league, they go 0 11 and 1. So, again, only five teams have been winless. Uh, since the uh, since the since World War Two, and one of them is the Cowboys in their expansion year. You have any mm-hmm. takes on the expansion Cowboys? Not really. They were really bad. I the, the truth is there is no once. I, maybe it's because Tampa Bay did it, but it wasn't nearly as big of a deal as you as you would have thought when Detroit goes zero and sixteen. And now there's almost no stigma. Like if they just go in sixteen. Like they're a laughing stock, but it well, it's because really... of the Lions. I think the Lions doing it in oh eight is what really. Uh, that that was a big stigma that year. It was a stigma, but I don't think it was a huge deal that they went on sixteen. Yeah, here's my question. Uh, so the the in their expansion year, the Cowboys are zero and ten. Okay. Uh huh. They come into a game against the Giants, who are five three and one. Yeah. And you know, right in the middle of the playoff race. This is the second to last week of the year. Yeah. And the um, you know, the the Cowboys score what was two the spread. T- these uh do we have a spread for this game no they don't have spreads back yeah. from 1960 they don't. and the cowboys scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter remember there's no overtime back then to uh including an eddie lebaron pass to billy houghton um nearly as time expires to tie the giants 31 31 what igno ignom ignom how do you say that word ignomy ignominiousness i don't know yeah whatever but, but anyways the point is to, to when you're in the playoff race at home to tie against an 0 10 team that's embarrassing for the giants Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. That's and and spoiler alert: the uh, Giants did not make the playoffs, so they uh, did not deserve it. After yeah, so and then and then the uh, the Cowboys lose again the next week. So 0 11 and one for the uh, Cowboys in their expansion year. So that is the ninth worst team in NFL history. The eighth worst team in NFL history is the Colts in 1991. The 91 Colts go one and 15. This is like another infamous team. So the 91 Colts are infamous because they had the first two picks in the next draft. Yeah, so they had Jeff George. They not because not because um, they earned them by being so bad, but because they traded the number. They traded um, a Chris Chandler for a pick that ended up being the number two pick. I think it was, which well, was what, insane. What people forget. So the Colts were seven and nine in 1989. So they're not like coming into like a terrible like there's they're almost like the Jets this year. They're seven and nine the previous year. Mm-hmm. They they add this guy Jeff George, so I I, I imagine that they had to uh, have some some hope for that reason, right? Uh, they had some hope. Yeah, I did a deep dive on that team, and I, I've sort of forgotten. I forgot everything I learned this whole summer, but I have it written down somewhere. Yeah, I'm looking. They they lost games forty two to six, thirty one to three. Uh, they beat the Jets twenty eight to twenty seven. That's their only win all season. Yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, they lose a uh, thirty one to yeah thirty five to seven. They lose the Bills a second time. Um, thirty one to nothing. They lose the Browns. Yeah, so this there was, was like three or four uh, one in fifteen teams in the nineties that only beat the Jets. Also, yeah, well, one year the Vikings, um, there there was two, there was one year that the Panthers and, and Lions, the Panthers went one in fifteen, the Lions went two and fourteen. I think the only team that both of those teams beat was the Vikings that year. Yeah, or something like that. That's in two thousand and one. Um, yeah, so the ninety one Colts, it's not just that they go one in fifteen, but their only win is by a single point. So. <laughs> Yeah, but don't worry. They got much better after they drafted Steve Edmund and Quinn Coriat. They, yeah, they, they, they scored. They scored the fewest points in NFL history to that point uh, in a 16 game schedule. Um, can I can I read you how many points they scored each week that each game that yeah, year? Yeah, please. Seven, six, zero, mm-hmm. 24, 3, 3, 6, 6, 6, 28 against the Jets. Seventeen, ten, zero, seventeen, seven, three. So just and Jeff George as a rookie played every single game, went one and fifteen. Uh, 
had 10 touchdowns, which uh, in a 16 game schedule, now he only had 12 interceptions, which is actually very impressive, right? That he only had 12 interceptions. Mm-hmm. He was not like, he was not that bad of a quarterback, given the fact that the team won one fifteen and that their offense did absolutely nothing. Um, no, he was fine. Uh, the rest of the team, they had no talent. Those yeah, early Eric, Eric Dickerson had 536 yards at 3.2 yards per carry. It was before people knew that offensive lines were important, so it's possible they just had like five scrubs on the offensive yeah. line. That's what I would How think. old was Dickerson at this point? Oh, Dickerson was 31, so yeah, he was past his prime. All right, yeah, so that is the 1991 Colts, a very, very bad team. Um, next is the 1973 Oilers. Uh, they went 1-13. Don't need to say a lot about them. Next, uh, at number six is the 2009 Rams. So the 2009 Rams, now the 2009 Rams had the second worst DVOA in the league because the 2009 Lions actually uh, were even worse. But the Rams go 1-15 that year. And, uh, you know, that's an, another really, really, really bad season. Uh, they scored the sixth fewest points. They had, they threw only 12 touchdowns all season. Uh, Mark Bulger led the team with five touchdown passes. And uh, their kicker, Josh Brown, threw a touchdown pass. Pro Football Reference uh, says that the 2009 Rams are the worst team uh, in the last 45 in the last 40 years. Okay, so that's what Pro Football Reference says. Um, by the way, from 07 to 09, over a three-year period, the Rams won a total of six games, which is insane. Now the Browns won a total of four games from 2015 to 17, but um, the the Rams score uh, win six games over a three-year period, which was the worst since World War II uh, until the Browns would break their record a couple years later. And then, and then the next year they almost made the playoffs, right? They lose that week seventeen game to Seattle. Yeah, for Seattle. Yeah, the, yeah. The next year they go seven nine. And we'll discuss that when we get to the worst divisions of all time. Um, all right, number five is the two thousand eight Lions. So again, I, I think that the two thousand eight Lions were statistically worse than the than the Rams we just mentioned, worse than the Lions the next year as well. But they went zero and sixteen. So at a certain point, if you lose all your games, uh, you have to be here. They were the first team to ever go in sixteen. Uh, only one of two teams to ever do so. Number four is the 1942 Lions. Now, you don't want to dunk on teams too bad during, um, you know, uh, during World War II, obviously. But uh, this team has the uh, second worst uh, point differential of all time. And they went 0 and 11. So um, they were very, very bad. 1944, the Chicago Cardinals and the Pittsburgh Steelers combined into one team because it was World War II. They went 0 and 10. They had the worst point differential of all time. They were minus 220, and that's only in 10 games. So they uh, they lost their average game by 22 points, which is a number that, you know, the Jets are at minus 18 right now. To get to minus 22, you know, the Jets would have to be significant. Well, worse. what do you think the Jets-Chiefs line is going to be? That's ha- that game's happening in a few weeks. Uh, I mean, it's it's in Kansas City. Um, I think that game is in New York. Oh, so that's a saving grace. If it's in Kansas City, I'd say twenty. I mean, oh, why? All the, all, I mean, the Jets fans in attendance are going to. No, but, them I mean, on. but but there is. I mean, we do see even this year that there has been a home field advantage. So, um, yeah. So anyway, so the 1944 Chicago Cardinals slash Pittsburgh Steelers combined went 0 and 10. The second worst team in NFL history is the 2020 New York Jets. This team is on a pace to shatter records. Um. Their their SRS is uh, tied for the worst of all time. Their point differential, you know, is uh, I think the fifth worst of all time. Yeah, right it's hard to make a case that they're competent. I mean, if you wanted to say like by far the worst team they played is Denver, although Denver did just beat New England, which probably helps you know their uh, perception. But and, and they were competitive, but not they weren't really you know going to beat Denver, but they were competitive against Denver. And, and the other five games have been completely uncompetitive. Yeah, and that was a Denver team uh, without their quarterback, without, you know. Right, that, but that was the Brett Rippon Denver team. This the, yeah. the team that beat uh, New England had Drew Locke. I, I don't see, I mean. It By was, the way, no, that game tra- is in Kansas City uh, next week. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Is it next week already? Yeah. They're playing today. the Bills this week. Then they're playing Kansas City. Oh, okay. Then they're playing the Patriots. Sorry for not having the... Then they're playing the Chargers. Yeah. I mean, Dolphins the at home against Tua? I guess is that they have a chance to beat the Dolphins at oh, home. Two, if Tua is that bad, that he'll be go- he'll like he'll be back on the bench. They'll go back like to Fitz. I mean, if Tua is incompetent, maybe. Yeah. Like, um, but listen, the Jets could not. The Jets didn't score a point against Miami. I'm Who's not sure playing a quarterback playing. this week for the Jets? Because I got to start him in fantasy. Is it Darnold or is it uh, Flacco? If I had to guess, I'd say it's probably going to be Flacco. No. You would have heard already that Darnold's going to play. Mm, that's not great. I mean, Darnold Flacco's play has actually raised Darnold's value a little bit. Like, if a team wants to trade for him, like. <laughs> I don't. I don't get the the Darnold Dallas stuff. Obviously, like Dalton is objectively better. Yeah, the only and reason Dalton to do it is if the Cowboys have decided that they're not going to resign Dak. Right, but there's no way they've made the decision already. Yeah, um, and also Jerry just likes to make moves for the sake of making moves. Uh, they he probably made, don't he, even have. Like, well, he made the Amari Cooper trade, which everyone bashed at the time, and then everyone celebrated. Um, you know, I still think he paid too much, but obviously Cooper played well. All right, and then the worst team of all time, by leaps and bounds, is uh, the '76 expansion Bucks, who we talked about. Um, mm-hmm. They have the second worst points of all time. They've tied for the worst. I mean, like the '76 Bucks are legendary for a reason. Um, I'm rooting for the Jets to, you know, get worse than them, but I, I just don't see how it's possible. Okay. Well, we have to we have to guess the lines. No, no, we're doing that on the next podcast. No, next podcast we're gonna we're gonna make picks. No, we'll let's do, that, we'll do that at the same time. Can so I, let's talk about the, I want to talk about the seventy six uh, bucks for a second. Okay, so you already talked about okay. how they they lose to the historically bad Jets thirty four to nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost the Oilers twenty to nothing, the Chargers twenty three to nothing, the Steelers forty two to nothing. They did. Yeah. They lost to the Bills by only five, and they lost to the Dolphins by only three. Those are their only games within um you know like even uh and Seattle by three also. Sorry. Um, other than that, it's uh, just epic blowout after epic blowout. Uh, can I give you some stats from that team? So their starting quarterback was uh, Steve Spurrier, who uh, was slightly mm-hmm. more successful as a coach. Uh, he played all 14 games. He had 1,628 yards, which is 116 yards a game and seven touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's not great. Uh, not great. Yeah, they, <laughs> their leading rusher, and this was a, a time when everybody ran on top, was Lewis Carter with 521 yards and one touchdown. Ed Williams, their fullback, led the team with two touchdowns. <laughs> that, that almost doesn't even seem possible, right? Rushing touchdowns, by the way. They no, they were just unspe- – unspe- I, I watched a few of their games. They were unspeakably bad. You watched a few of their games. Wow. Uh, um, yeah, I watched like dozens of – you know, yeah. so many. We don't, have, we don't have DVOA before 1986, which is unfortunate. because So we mm-hmm. have no way of knowing the DVOA of these older teams. So. Uh, they have estimated DVOA, I think. He does have some formula there. Hmm. I got to go look at that. All right, uh, we're, we're not doing guest spreads right now. We've discussed the worst teams of all time. Now I want to discuss the worst divisions of all time because uh, at the same time that the Jets are having a historically awful season, the entire NFC East is just a complete garbage garbage can. Okay. Um, so last year, you know, people talked about how bad the East was, obviously. Um, you know, Washington went 3-13, uh, and 13, and the Giants went 4-12, and 12, and the Eagles won the division at nine and seven. Uh, but the Cowboys last year were actually like a very good team, right? They were sixth in DVOA. They had a uh, one of the better uh, points of punches in the league. They just kept losing really close, heartbreaking games. And so when you average out this division, although the average record was six and 10, their margin of victory, you know, their SRS, their DVOA, none of those numbers were that bad. So the last year's NFC East is not even close to being one of the worst divisions of all time. This year, though, the Cowboys are obviously dramatically worse, uh, which happens when, you know, half your offensive line is gone and now Dak Prescott is gone, et cetera. Uh, the Eagles are somehow dramatically worse. Everybody's 
injured uh, like crazy. Did you see Bill Barnwell put together a among the healthy players in the NFC East right now? Sort of if you could put together like an, an all star team. Of yeah, just that it was division? stupid because he had the Giants rookie left tackle Andrew Thomas starting on that team, and he's not even going to start for the Giants anymore. So. I question yeah. his wisdom. But the point is like, well, he, he put it together in like two minutes, obviously. But the point is like that team, if if you put an all-star team of healthy players in the NFC East, would that what, what would that team be? About a 500 team? No, that team makes the playoffs. Mm. Well, I'm, of course they do because someone has to win that division. But <laughs> all right, so so I put I I have the seven. Worst no, because that pass rush would be really good if you if you're combining like Fletcher Cox and Chase Young and stuff. That would be like a yeah, that's true. That, that's a skill. All right, so we're not going to NFC East yet because you know they've only played uh, you know a third of a season. Um, but I have the seven worst divisions of all time, and right right now the NFC East would be on pace to to break all those records. So I have uh, I guess two through eight right now. So mm-hmm. we'll start with the the NFC West in two thousand. And here's an interesting fact, by the way. The seven worst divisions of all time, every single one of them won a playoff game. Every single one of them, which is um, partly because, you know, with the stupid NFL system, you win the division, you automatically get a, um, you know, automatically get a home game in the four seed. And so every one of those, every one of these teams won that game, except for the 2004 NFC West, where uh, the eight and eight Rams actually made the playoffs as a wild card. They got to play at the uh, division winner. And so they were the only, this, the only team of these divisions where the division winner did not win a playoff game. It's because they lost to the only one of these divisions where a team made the wild card. So, all right, so let's mm-hmm. start with the 2006 NFC West. So uh, Seattle goes nine and seven. Uh, they're 25th in DVOA. So they are very, very mm-hmm. bad. Um, the Rams go eight and eight, San Francisco seven and nine. The Cardinals go five and 11. Um, all those teams are very, very bad. But again, Seattle actually wins a playoff game there um, before losing. Mm-hmm. And the NFC West is going to be heavily represented here because the NFC West, once the NFL went to the four division system with the expansion, of the Texans in 2002, the NFC West was basically a complete mm-hmm. garbage division. Like people forget this now because now they're very good. Like in the last decade with the Legion of Boom, Seattle was good. And then San Francisco was good under Harbaugh and Kaepernick. But like people forget how bad this division was from, for like from 2002 to like 2012. This division was just like mm-hmm. crap every year. Um, all right. Number six on my list is the AFC West in 2008. That was the year that San Diego was eight and eight and they go into India and win a playoff game. Yeah. They were actually a good eight and eight. Is team. that the they last were- breeze year? No, 2008. Oh no, Breeze is he's yeah. already in. New Breeze won a Super Bowl in New Orleans the next year. No, this this is under um this is rumors, yeah. but um uh, they had Kansas City was 30th in DVOA at two and 14. Uh, the Raiders were 26th in DVOA at five and 11. Uh, Denver went eight and eight, and San Diego wins division eight and eight. Uh, number five is the 2007 NFC West. Seattle actually goes 10 and six that year, so they're decent, but everyone else is hot garbage. Uh, the Cardinals are 23rd in DVOA. Uh, and then the Rams and the 49ers are the worst two teams in the NFL that year. So uh, the two worst teams in the, in the uh, NFL in the same division. The 1969 Century Division. Okay, but can we talk about the weird names that the NFL had for their divisions before the merger? It was a Coastal Century East and West. No, there's no East and West. They were Capital, Coastal. They were all. The, it's almost like hockey. They just had these weird terms, and there was no regional logic yeah. to it. Like so, the Century Division in 1969 is Cleveland, the Giants. The St. Louis Cardinals and the Pittsburgh Steelers. What the, what what kind of logic is that? I mean, Steelers. Right. That is crazy, especially since two of those teams left the NFL at slash NFC altogether. Yeah. Now the Steelers, as we talked about for the first fifty years of the NFL, were historically bad. They go one and thirteen that year. They're complete garbage. The Cardinals go four nine and one. They stink. The Giant. The the Browns actually go ten three and one. They were decent, although they they statistically they were about an average team who just benefited from a really bad division and uh, they won a playoff game and then lost the next one. Um, all right, so the third mm-hmm. worst division of all time, and third, second, and first are all the NFC West. Um, so um, 2004 NFC West, Seattle goes 9-7, and seven, 
Uh, they're 20th in DVOA. The Rams make a wild card in eight and eight. They're 30th in DVOA and they go into uh, their divisional opponent, Seattle, and they win that playoff game, as I said. And then Arizona and San Francisco, uh, you know, dead last in DVOA, the San Francisco team, two and 14, historically awful team. The second worst division of all time is the NFC West in 2008. Arizona goes nine and seven. They win the division and they go all the way to the Super Bowl. They were nine and seven. They were complete garbage, um, but Fitz and Kurt Werner. I've talked about this before. They trailed the, they trailed the Jets. Brett Favre team 35, nothing in halftime. Like they were really bad. Yeah. Um, can I make a baseball observation for a second? Yeah. Baseball. Break Let's it up baseball. for people who are not into baseball history. Yeah. Um, well, we're not done. You didn't. Did you do the last division yet? No, I got one more. But yeah, let's do baseball. Do the last division, and then I want to. Okay, baseball. fine. So let's, let's just wrap. So yeah, the 2008 NFC West. Um, San, uh, the Rams we already discussed are one of the worst teams in NFL history that year. Uh, Seattle goes four and twelve. They're garbage. Um, all right, the worst division in NFL history is the 2010 NFC West. This is the year that we talked about that Seattle wins the division at seven and nine. Yeah. They won the division by beating the Rams last week of the year uh, to go seven and nine. Uh, the first place uh, Seattle Seahawks seven and nine. Their DVOA is thirtieth. So they're the third worst team in the league. They win the division. Uh, they beat the Rams of the division who are seven, nine, they're 29. So they're the fourth worst team in the NFL. And then it's even worse. I mean, the Cardinals in that same division were the worst team in the NFL. So, I mean, that division is just historically, historically awful. And uh, Seattle hosts um, the New Orleans Saints, uh, the defending Super Bowl champion, New Orleans Saints on mm-hmm. Saturday night. And of course we have the beast quake and they actually upset that game. They win. And then they lose badly to Chicago the next week. Who well, let's wait, the Packers we, the next we, week who win the Super Bowl. Can we say something? Yeah. Um, the all right, I, I how about this? What is the funniest worst case scenario now for the NFCs this year? Well, I, I think it's what, what do I, you have into it's Chester? I, it's what I tweeted. It's the it's the Washington winning the division at four and twelve. But what is what are the Chester what are the Chester predictions have happening? I tweeted it already. Washington wins the division at four and twelve. Oh, that was your sincere. You think Washington's going to win oh, the division? No, I don't know. I don't. I don't sincerely think it's going to happen. I think that. I think six wins. So we've seen seven win team uh, win the division, right? We talked about the 2010 NFC West. You think the six, nine, and one Eagles would probably win it, right? Yeah, probably. I think six, six and a half wins wins this division almost. For I think sure. Dalton will play much better next week. Well, he, I do think he like, can't play any the worse. Cowboys will get better. I mean, he had multiple know, drop interceptions think... in addition to the two that were called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do the... think Dalton. Is not going to be the problem there. Um, I think the I'll, offensive I'll, line is the problem. This team's offensive line has been so good for a decade, and they've really taken yeah. it for granted. No, listen, the top two offensive line teams, Dallas and Philly, are now like the bottom two offensive line teams. That's basically what happened this year. That you took the two best lines, and they lost yeah, everyone I think at once. Kelsey, Kelsey's the only healthy offensive lineman for the Eagles among mm-hmm. their starters. They um, lost everybody, or, or they aged out, like, you know, the Johnson yeah. Treads retired. Although the Eagles also, I don't understand, like, their receivers, they have no depth at receiver every year. They have to solve this problem, right? How can they every single year have no receivers? It, it, I, we were talking about this while we were watching the games on Sunday, and it's like every single team. I mean, you look at Pittsburgh, and like Juju's their fourth receiver now, and and Dallas is getting, you know, Dallas can't even get the ball to Michael Gallup because they have so many, um, you know, uh, hands to feed. And for some reason, the two green teams, the Jets and the Eagles, like are always trotting out like each other's leftovers. Like there's, they, they have nobody, and there's 15 good young players in the league. This 15 rookie receivers and well, but look at just, all the first round rookie receivers. My hot take, my hot take is that yeah. Carson Wentz yeah. played well on Sunday. I mean, he had the the really bad pick that make that make yeah. fee. Yeah. I don't think that's uh, a hot take. I've heard the house. say that. Um, but yeah, Wentz Wentz had an incredible uh, bomb that was that was dropped. He had um, 
yeah, Wentz put like six. Uh, what's his name? Lewis dropped like he had like six, like sweet passes that should have been caught. I thought Wentz was fine. Wentz is by far the best quarterback in the division now, obviously. Yeah, but I mean the fast horse slow race. Um, I mean, uh, so and this, the Giants' defense is good. Like it's legitimately probably above average. Yeah, Washington' defense is probably average to above average. So and Dallas's offense was elite. I can't imagine it's going to be inept the rest of the way. Their defense is historically bad. Uh, and then Philly was able to move the ball all game on Pittsburgh. So I don't like there are some decent um, maybe this is why Barnwell's thing was, was dumb. Like there are some decent units in that division, but obviously there's no team that I mean, Washington's offense is hideous. The Giants offense is hideous. Uh, Dallas's defense is hideous. And Philly's not incredibly good at either one, but like they can move the football. Yeah. And now Miles Sanders out. Maybe they'll even be worse because Sanders was looking amazing. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think six nine one Philly wins the division. That's my. I opinion. just I'm look during the draft. Like my target for the Vikings was Justin Jefferson, and the Eagles needed a receiver drafted right in front of them. I assume mm-hmm. we're going to take Jefferson. They took Rager, who uh, I think he went to TCU. Is that right? Yes. And I was yeah, overjoyed, Rager. and then and then Shamir, our Eagles fan, says to me, "Oh no, he's Rager's such a speedster, and he's so much better, and blah blah blah." Like. Every single wide receiver taken in the first round has been a success, except for Jalen Rager, right? The Raiders took Henry Ruggs. He looks great. Uh, the Broncos took Jerry Judy. Uh, he's looked good, obviously. You know, he hasn't had help with injuries and stuff, but he's looked pretty good. Uh, CeeDee Lamb for the Cowboys, he looks like a star already. Justin Jefferson, uh, you know, might be the best receiver in the NFL. He just looks incredible. Brandon Ayuk has, uh, you know, looks pretty good for the 49ers. Yeah, Ayuk's probably going to be good. Rayer sucks. And even you go to the second round quarter, uh, T Higgins on the Bengals. He looks good. Yeah. Uh, LaVisca Chanel Chanel on Jacksonville. He looks, he looks good. very good. Chase, Chase Claypool, Claypool obviously in history. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Denzel and- memes has not stepped on the field yet, uh, but I'm sure he's going <laughs> to yeah. dominate for the it just The Eagles, there were so many receivers to take. Did I say this on the podcast? The only week, bad one. Did I say this on the podcast that the jets had the 48th pick and they were, uh, they were hundred percent picking receiver. And instead of picking Claypool, they traded down 10. And Claypool goes the next pick to Pittsburgh, 49. and the Jets get Mims. Yeah, they traded from forty. Well, no, they just had forty-eight, and then Claypool. They don't pick a receiver. What's the Claypool story with Mims? Why is he not played? Uh he's he had like a hamstring. He 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 never played during uh, training camp, and he is he uh, out for the year? No, he's on the IR, but he's not out for the year. Like he's, right. he he's he's week to week at this point. But yeah, but he, he also has had no pra- you know no practice or whatever. Um, yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, the Jets like. Are, are in this weird like they traded Steve McClendon, who's you know an aging defensive tackle, was on the Steelers for a lot of years, and he was like for many many years been like the club ha- like sort of the locker room leader, and they they switched they flipped the sixth for a seventh for him, so clearly they were just getting rid of him, but the Jets are going to have a fire sale or try to have a fire sale. They have no good players, so it's a little tricky. Uh, like we've never really seen an NFL team have like every player other than Mackay Becton, I guess other than the guys they drafted this year, every single player should be available. Mm-hmm. Like they should just have like eighteen picks in the next draft. And I mean, like so is Gase going to finish the season? What's the plan there? I I think they want to lose, so I think it's like why not just let Gase coach? The problem is I don't know if you know this. I don't know how much it made like national news, but Gase in the you know Saturday interviews with the with the broadcasters, Gase threw Greg Williams under the bus. Yeah, and like and like on the record. Well, because he and says Williams had thrown him under the bus. Him. Like, Greg Williams is an awful human being. Why did you hire him? It's your fault. Well, because Greg Williams is amazing the first year he goes somewhere. And then, like, the second year is always a nightmare. And there's never a year three. Mm. So there's going to be – I'm surprised it didn't happen this week. But there's going to be a power struggle in the next week or two between Gaze and Williams, similar to what happened uh, two years ago in Cleveland. With the Browns. Right? Yeah. And then the question is, who wins the power struggle? Because 
if you fire Greg Williams, fine, who cares? If you fire Gase, why are you promoting Greg Williams, whose defense went from being like very good or pretty good last year to the worst in the NFL, basically? Like, there's no one who can be promoted to head coach, like, unless you want to just like promote Heinz Ward, the receivers coach, just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the players probably respect him or something, like somebody like that. There's no Jim Bob Cooter, like the running backs coach, you know, was a coordinator for Detroit for a while. Like, there's not really an obvious replacement. Now, if you want to hire someone out of college, like, the crazy move would be just hire a college coach now. Like, what if you hired like a Pac 12 coach who's not coaching right now, you know? Yeah. And like, this is, you make your permanent coach that, but why would anybody want to coach the 2020 Jets and have, you know, a, a start their co- head coaching career with like eight or nine losses on their resume? I, I mean, I don't know. You want an opportunity at a job. No, obviously, if they throw, but they're going to have to throw 60 million at a competent guy. Like, if, I, I mean, right now it looks like the hottest coaching, pro- Todd Bowles obviously is, is very hot because the, the, the Cardinals defense looks good. Ironically, not that the Jets are going to hire him since he was their coach two years ago, but the uh, hottest coordinator guy, you know, young coordinator is probably Brady on Carolina because Carolina's offense has been shockingly good. Teddy B looks incredible. Um, I wouldn't I, say and, incredible you know, after last week, but yeah. No, but he's he, but he like physically, I'm saying he looks like really good. He's scrambling more than he did on Minnesota. It's weird. Yeah. Um, I guess his like bionic leg now is stronger <laughs> than his other one. Um, so I guess Brady, who Joe Brady was the name of a six year old, but is 31, is going to be like the guy. I don't know. I, 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 but the problem is like, why would any like the Jets are such a dumpster fire organization? They're not like unless they hire someone who's really respected, people are like players are going to avoid them in free agency. Coaches are going to avoid them. Nobody's no, they're not going to be able to get the good assistance, which is what happened now. Gase has embarrassingly bad assistance. Todd Bowles did by the by the end of his era because they're paying less. It's it's a it's a laughing stock. It's very hard to get out of it. You know, the NBA one guy can turn around a franchise. I don't know if it's going to happen in football. Like Trevor Lawrence, there's a real chance he's going to say, I'm not going to the Jets. They're too much of a joke. Certainly if Gase is the coach, he's going to say that. Yeah, we had you know, it. When's the, the last time when you saw the that in the, is the owner, Was it Eli listen, with the Chargers? Yeah, it happened with Elway. It happened with Eli. But here's the thing. The owners, well, Woody's been in England for four years, right? Yeah. Ostensibly, hopefully, we have bigger problems. If not, he's not going to be the ambassador. <laughs> at the end of the season yeah and also he's gotten into hot water for saying a lot of inappropriate so things. you're saying you want to vote for trump to keep him away from the jets no he now we need woody back we need woody back oh, oh, oh you want woody back. Was, yeah we oh, thought chris johnson was competent we he's the, he's but, the less bad but of... woody will probably first of all these guys usually don't last eight years at the ambassador you know better than me about this stuff right but no rarely like the job is prestige like there's no reason to do the work for eight years when you already had the gig before right like just go home after one term even you, you know but I think Woody has, and Woody, you know, he, he belongs to a club that doesn't allow women. So like, well, his female employees can't go there. Like he did. And he said some sort of uh, very, uh, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he, he definitely got a lot of hot water. And then it seems to have blown over. I think Woody has to, like, Woody has to come back and then say like, all right, we're, we're not a laughing stock anymore. His stock has never been higher because Chris Johnson is woke and people like him. But, you know, obviously the organization has gone complete hell. Yeah, all you need um, to do is have somebody so insanely incompetent. Like the, the biggest winner, I think, of the Donald Trump era is George W. Bush. Because people – or actually, you know, the biggest one, whoever runs for president four years from now as a Republican, assuming that Trump mm-hmm. loses, is just going to be – have such an – people are like, well, he's so much better than Trump. So, you know, I guess I can – Well, don't you him. think it will be Trump again in four years? You think so? I mean he's going to want to. Mm, I don't think he, he didn't want to win the first time. I know, but now he's like – of course. But now, he, you know, I don't know. 
But um, you you think we're getting more Trump in four years? Here's what. No, I don't think so. Here's no, what. If if Trump if Trump does not get defeated uh, in two weeks, he will a hundred percent be running for president four years from now. Oh, the third time. A hundred percent. I don't think so. Uh, e- either him or his son. There will the Republican candidate for president, to the extent that we even have elections in quotations, will be named Donald Trump in 2024. There's zero. Why not Eric? That. Why not Eric? <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it be Ivanka? Like, wouldn't that be make no, more sense? Are you kidding? Um, among the Trump voters, no way. Ivanka's a globalist. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you. She converted to globalism in order to marry Jared. Are you not aware of that? Let me, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, no, this is, oh, no. How about this? George Bush, I was explaining to somebody, George Bush's uh, approval rating when he left office, and I know it was eight like years, 27% years, or something? It was 22. It was 22. Yeah, like, great. Trump has never gotten near that low. So yeah, I people forget how a cult low. Yeah. yeah, but people forget how low, how unpopular Bush was at the end. Yeah, like he, he has was no a very, very bad president. Yeah, but people don't realize, like, oh yeah, like it could get much worse. Like if Trump wins again, his approval rating because he will have, like, as a lame duck, he'll have nothing to lose, and his approval rating will be zero by the end. Because also the country will be completely over, and everyone will be like, wait, why? What, what happened to my money and like my job and stuff? Anyway, um, uh, is there anything else we need to talk about? Do you want, you don't want to guess the lines now? You want to guess the lines uh, on our second podcast this week? Yeah, we've we've already uh, tormented people with like four or five minutes. Of... Can we guess the lines now? Do you have time? No, we can, no. Let's do it on the next podcast. Because what are we going to do on the next podcast then? Yeah, but I'm yeah, saying you have time right now. Oh, do you want to record it right now? Yeah, let's just. We're not just right now. discuss when we're recording the patron podcast on the. Why not? We're, yeah, we're we're definitely allowed to. Yeah. If somebody wants it so this bad. This is why we lost like two thirds of our downloaders when we. No, that's to, not why we lost anchor. because our freaking feed died. Yeah. Our, our feed that is t- tell your friends to resubscribe to our podcast it's working again yeah resubscribe you know forgetting about the patreon stuff resubscribe to the you know make sure everyone subscribe to the uh, old feed because it's sad that we lost um yeah but honestly we, we lost the people who didn't matter right if if they were so the passive, people weren't downloading right, right. Yeah, i mean that's happened to me before listening. where i have a podcast and like the feed changes and i don't know and then i just yeah you know, yeah but if i really really cared enough right like if, it's true it wasn't the people who were listening if if you know if ngog changed their feed i'd figure out a way to, to get it so that, that's mm-hmm. a that's a great podcast that you i wouldn't i wouldn't know how to i wouldn't know how to get i wouldn't know how to but you don't subscribe to any of your podcasts do you yeah, I'm. I, you know, I don't know if I'm subscribed to NGOG actually because I haven't had uh, since I moved. I haven't really had my. I just like go to Podbay and listen to a podcast. I'm not really subscribed to any podcast right now. Yeah. Also, Anchor doesn't count so, sub- subscriptions. They count listens. So, for example, I'm subscribed to 32 fans, but I don't listen. Right. Right. So I don't. Uh, I guess I don't count. We got to. We got to click that. You got to press refresh a few times. Get get those listens in. No, it, um, but, it, but Anchor actually counts every sec. Like they show you for each episode. How, like, okay, so let's let's talk about. Um, uh, okay, two weeks ago's episode. Akiva catches Alex up on the weekend's news. All right. Mm-hmm. Click in that episode. It shows at each point in the episode how many people are listening. Right. Yeah. So like Chester makes a bad joke and like half the. Yeah, exactly. Now. So the the episode was fifty one fifty three in length. The average mm-hmm. listen time was only forty nine fourteen. So people dropped off. They didn't listen to the last two minutes. Now, the last two minutes is a song, so I guess people don't li- like the song so much. No, people should. Yeah, people shut up for this. Yeah. That's probably Rob shutting up for the song. Yeah. What? Um. <laughs> all right, let's wrap this up. Okay. But um, are you coming on NGOG ever? Um, I don't know. I don't want to anymore because I don't like Allie. I had to defriend her on Facebook. You re- literally defriended her on Facebook. She literally was so defri- I know, and, that, her. and then she refriended me, and I have not accepted it yet. I'll think about it. I like how she tried to cover herself. No, I didn't mean you have anything in personality like him. You're just tall and have curly hair. And I'm like, yeah, but that applies to like half of people. So like, and also my hair is not even curly anymore. So, yeah. Listen, I, just I, be happy you have hair. 
Yeah, I reject her attempt to uh to uh make up for her insult. I, I listen, I'm face blind, so I'm never good at like, oh, he this person looks like that type of thing, but I don't think you look much like um, I look nothing like him. It's a terrible comparison. Like Benjamin. What's his do you know Ben the actor's real name? No, I don't. Douchebag McGee. Well, I'm gonna look it up for people who don't know New Girl. I'm gonna look up uh his name so that they could see. She she literally says you're you're white and thin enough curly hair like that was like that that's why they thought that um Jerry was gay in Seinfeld right you're thin and neat who's he played by David Nair I've heard that N-E-H-E-R. name before what else has he been on um let's go to his IMDb is this a, a rare IMD bags for thirty two fans let's yeah. do it hold on God he's, Nair says yeah, this guy's forehead is bigger than Peyton Manning's. That's what I said. Yeah, he has an unbelievably big. And you don't have you have a regular. Yeah, I'm looking at your forehead right now. You don't have a big forehead at all. It's it, his forehead is, is astonishingly big. So I don't really know. Doesn't have a Wikipedia to, page, by the way. Really? Yeah. He's married to Marissa Pinson. I feel like she's famous. No, he has an IMDb page, but he does not have. a. OK, Wikipedia so let's page. see. IMDb. Anything we would know. No, Mar- Marissa Pinson from community. If people know that. OK, he is. I was just spoiled on. I mean, he does podcast. look like a Jew. Let's be honest, but that's just because he's got the curly yeah. hair. He, uh, he's, he has Malcolm Gladwell esque hair. He, his hair is a little Gladwelly. Yeah, Prince Who of Peoria. He, play, he plays Will Smith in Prince of Peoria. Yeah, he's no, done. He's done nothing. Flock of dudes, Lady Time, Donald Trump's The Art of the Deal, the movie. He plays nerd number one. <laughs> Now, did you know that they made a movie of, of Donald Trump's The Art of the Deal? Is it like 20, like when? No, when they made it in 2016. 2016. Sounds awful, honestly. Yeah. It's a satirical rendition of the book. Um, Johnny Depp, Ron Howard. I do know Marissa Pinson. She's from, she was on Doughboys. Uh, okay. But this is so weird. Hold on a second. Johnny yes, Depp. Depp. Oh, did you know that they made a TV movie about Trump in 2016 and Johnny Depp played Trump? How did we not know this? It must have been like Funny or Die. Are you sure it's not? It's probably Funny it or Die. It is Funny or Die. You know it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's not a real movie. It's like a sketch. That makes more sense. I guess so. I'm sending you a picture of Johnny Depp dressed as Donald Trump. It's uh, You would never guess that was Depp. It doesn't look like Trump, but it doesn't look like Depp either. I just sent that message. Sent it to you. So this his, this guy's wife, Mr. Forehead, I, I believe, I'm sure she was delightful. I, I think I remember liking her on Toby. But her whole profile maybe is guest on episode 108 of Toby. <laughs> and much better. Her whole thing is her whole online identity is just that she was on Doughboys. Seems a little weird. Alright, I think this is enough. Oh, this was way too much. <laughs> uh, I apologize, but listen, we'll do better. Sadly, if you subscribe to the other feed, which I'm not supposed to say, uh, the next episode will be better. Okay. Bye. Bye.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.